0: Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. It is Tuesday, October 24th. Today's show is presented by GEICO. Insurance can be hard. That's why GEICO Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It is easy. Geico. It is not easy to fantasy football, though. That's why I am joined by my two best friends, Stefania Bell and Field Jays. How are you guys doing on this Tuesday? Oh, sorry, Stefania. Stefania's been you better doing on this um, Tuesday. I'm doing yeah. well.
1: I had a little bit less invested in the game emotionally last night, but yeah. I want to start off with an apology to our live stream viewers who are in the mix every day, 11 a.m. Eastern time, on YouTube or wherever you watch this fine and dandy show. Uh, Our show did not live stream yesterday. No, it did not. So you can watch it on demand on YouTube. Of course, you get the podcasts wherever you get your podcast. So, our bad. Um, There was no one to blame but me. Uh, But yes, we are back. Thrilled to be back live. There is, even though the show does go up... On the podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, on demand, et cetera, there is a different energy about doing something live that oh, I've yeah. always felt is so important to our industry. And um, that's part of the reason why I love doing this show so much every single day, as much I mean not as much as I love doing it with you guys but just uh having uh, the energy of a live stream is awesome. We're back. It's good to be back Heck and yeah. uh, we got a lot to cover today, Daniel.
0: Yes, we do have a lot to cover. We got a Monday night football recap. Yep. We've got a we're going to dump the bucket on what was the le- rest of week 7 for us plus we got waiver wires that we got to talk about, yeah. which is going to be a ton of fun. Sort of like airing of grievances. You know, we're 2 months in
1: a Day minus a day away from Festivus. Yes, I feel like the end of the show today. is kind of airing some not not
0: maybe not entirely grievances, but just a couple of things that have to get off the chest. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. And maybe we dive in right now. Let's talk <laughs> okay. Monday night football and just get this out of the way. Say, do you want to do you want to leave for five minutes, grievances. Stefania? No,
2: no, no. Okay. Look, uh, you know what they call the 49ers fans?
1: Tell loyal them. to the soil. The faithful. The faithful, the faithful. The faith. oh. and the faithful
2: and. Uh, I'm wearing red today because yes, I'm are. still a proud 49ers fan. And look, uh, we have some things to work on. You know, I We s- have to figure out why we could not get a sack with the <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: I yeah, I know. I mean, uh, yeah. we,
2: we've got all this talent on defense, and yet the defense had a rough outing.
1: Yeah. Um, I saw a great quote yesterday. Our friend Aaron Nagler, uh, at TV, awesome, huge Packers fan, the hugest Packers fan I know, that's for sure, posted, I think either on Instagram or, or X, uh, it was an old Vince Lombardi quote. And it was basically just like, you know, if, if you want to root for us at our at our best, like I hope you're there for us at the worst as well. The 49ers are not at rock bottom. I mean, no. They're still 5-2, first no. place in their division, very much a Super Bowl contender, but the season has a different tenor to it today than it did two weeks ago when we woke up and they were 5-0, and oh, and it scored 30 points in every game this season.
2: It's also when you work in this industry, mm. you know what the next morning is going to be filled with. Yeah. You know, and the conversations that are... nuanced, thoughtful, yeah, yeah, balanced, yeah, measured, exactly. takeaways. No overreactions, yeah. no like, oh, I thought, you know, yeah. rock Purdy was the real deal. Uh those of us who know, we're still faithful in the mm-hmm. 49ers, but they do have some things yeah. to sort out, and uh, I'm glad that they have a buy coming in a couple of weeks and it hasn't passed them yet. Yes. I'll put it that way.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm faithful to Jordan Addison. Yes, you are. If you are. want
0: to get into this game. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Let's How about last man. night? He looked fantastic last night. Breakout. Who, Justin who? Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so wow. You know what's You
1: can go ahead and trade me Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Fine. You know what? <laughs> Let's do that. You would.
2: Let's we'll have a conversation about this, but just let we put up a graphic on fantasy football now about hamstring injuries and recurrences, especially after significant injuries and the delay for the time just food for thought.
0: Food for thought. Mm. Jordan mm-hmm. Addison, seven catches, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. Good enough for 31.5 fantasy points. Wow. I mean, he
1: was working so hard, he got cramps. Yes, <laughs> he actually
0: is. left the game briefly. It had to,
1: he did eventually come back into this game. But um, you know, to be sort of serious here, for at least you know more uh, intentional with our analysis, um, you know, th- there are people. You know, certainly a, one of my favorite players in the preseason, a guy that I was extremely bullish on because. I know that uh, you know Justin Jefferson is, is unquestionably a number one wide receiver, but Jordan Addison is extremely capable of being a very valuable fantasy asset, and all the things that he does well shine through last night, plus even more. You guys are if you watch the game, you'll recall. I mean, one of the first plays of the game. Kirk Cousins tries to jam a slant pass to uh, Jordan Addison and Javarius I mean, Mooney Ward just rips it out kind of bully it. balls him. Literally stole And if there was it. a concern about Jordan Addison, he's like 189 pounds soaking wet, which is small for an NFL wide receiver. That might be generous, by the way, in terms of the weight. And yet later on in the game, right before halftime, the 49ers throw a blitz out there. Wait. Which we can, d- we can, d- NFL live conversation. <laughs> yes. NFL yeah. live conversation. Yeah. Um, and Jordan Addison, sort of the same play. Uh, You know, a slant that he kind of he snatches the ball away and runs sixty some yards for a touchdown. So a breakthrough performance from Jordan Addison last night, and we now have a two game sample size without Justin Jefferson. And while I think we felt this anyways, um, it's very solidified. Like one of the two Vikings wide receivers has massive big play potential. The other is a like reasonable flex in a deeper league. That's KJ Osborne. But Jordan Addison has a chance to be a star, and that could last for as long as Justin Jefferson is out. That's at least two more games. And as Stefania just suggested, this who knows? Like we don't know for fact that he'll be back in week eight, nine, ten. Uh,
2: ten. Yeah, and I here's the thing. Um, and then they they have their their bylet is late too. Their pilot yep. is week thirteen. Uh, I think that it just changes what Minnesota can do on offense because now people, after seeing that tape on Jordan Edison, it's like, once Justin Jefferson is back, how they're going to have to account for everyone. TJ Hawkinson, obviously still, you know, a volume machine and a, yeah. a safety belt for, uh, for Kirk Cousins. I just think it just makes their passing game that much more uh, potentially damaging, and they seem to have everything going for them. Kirk Cousins, uh, forget the old primetime moniker. That's gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right beast looked, last night. yeah, Yeah, He he got that monkey off his back last night and had a great game and you know, more power to them. I think part of that Jordan Addison, you're going to see a 60-yard catch. You think, wow, he blazed by all these people. That had a little bit to do with the coverage uh-huh. issue. Once he got that ball away from Traverius Ward, there was no one there to touch him. But uh, just incredibly athletic. Yeah. I, that's what I took away from Jordan Addison and – Uh, he's going to be a star.
0: I want to ask this question because when you watch the game, Mm -hmm. you realize how often KJ Osborne is out on the field. He is just out there all the stinking time, but you don't get a lot of production out of him. If there was a secondary wide receiver, because the top two that we're talking about, obviously Jordan Addison and then TJ Hawkinson. Those are the two pass catchers. If there was a third one, is Brandon Powell getting to the point where you want to consider him over KJ Osborne because KJ Osborne is out there so much would you still default to in a, hey, 16-team league, not this week because no team's on a bye in week eight. Yeah. But I feel like we've seen a little bit of Brandon Powell start to come on the last couple of weeks here in this Vikings He's office. got a little bit
1: more big play upside. I'm looking at the box score from last night just so I can double-check my numbers here on Brandon Powell.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, four, for 60, four for 64. Four for 64. Only five targets. K.J. Osborne, yeah. five for 47. Only six targets. So, yeah. So
1: I, I would default towards K.J. Osborne still. I mean, prior to the Justin Jefferson injury, he ran the fifth most routes in the NFL. He he's played every out snap. out there a bunch. This is the Adam Thielen role from a yeah. year ago. That number two wide receiver in Minnesota is going to play every single snap, basically, in which they drop back. To pass, so I would still default towards uh KJ Osborne. I think the bigger takeaway though is that it's about one Vikings wide receiver rather than the possibility of two having like a fantasy pathway in the Justin Jefferson absence. And by the way, the Vikings schedule now, this might be more for real life than it is for fantasy, but things are all of a sudden pretty interesting (laughs) for me. They have a nice yeah, so they play Green Bay next week, then New Orleans, and Uh, I I can I'm sorry, Atlanta, Atlanta, then Then New New Orleans, Orleans. excuse me. Um. I can't speak to exactly what's going on with uh, there we go uh, with with Justin Jefferson's hamstring and Stefania has outlined the risk several times before. However, one thing I can tell you is that if Minnesota were one and six right now mm. and not three and four, the likelihood of Justin Jefferson being back sooner than later would have dramatically decreased. I'm I'm totally putting aside the stuff that Stefania is the expert on here for a second. I am merely offering that the more the Vikings win. Assuming that hamstring holds up, the more likely that Justin Jefferson can be back on the field at some point sooner than later. To
2: me, that was the biggest takeaway from last night's game Mm. was I felt like there was a shift in how we're looking at the Vikings now because now it's like, wow, they can do that? What if they can keep doing that while looking at the schedule while Justin Jefferson gets healthy? What is their potential when he comes back into the fold and maybe now really incentivized to come back when healthy? Like, it's two things. They have the luxury of being able to say – We are really talented even when Justin Jefferson is gone and they also have something to incentivize him to come back at full health Um, so I think I do think the whole way we look at the Vikings might have shifted last less. Uh,
0: including the backfield, by the way. I was just oh, going to yeah. say that. Alexander yeah. Madison oh, and hi, Cam Akers. Cam Akers. Yeah. It just feels like a split after what we saw yesterday. Mm-hmm. I realize it's just one game. But. Yeah,
1: but I mean, look at the rushing production. Yeah. 10 for 31 for Cam Akers, 8 for 39 with Alexander Madison. It looked to me early on in the game like this was uh, like almost like they had to design. Every third drive was Cam Akers. And then I think as the game wore on, it seemed like there was a bit more Cam Akers. Alexander Madison has been the king of close calls this year mm. like they, he he dropped there was another near touchdown catch last night for Alexander Madison that goes by the wayside. They have yet to run for a touchdown this year, crazy, That's only team in the NFL so that has not yet run for a rushing touchdown. But if you have Alexander Madison, this might be the start of a little bit of stock down, mm-hmm. not to the point that i 've like dropped them from my ranks entirely this week, but If this becomes much more of a 50-50 split, and he's getting okay but not great receiving production, and he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown this season, then you're talking about a guy who's like borderline flex consideration as opposed to what he was for a while, which was low-end RB2. So I thought that that was very notable last night for the Minnesota backfield.
0: Yeah. I did not love it. As an Alexander Mm -hmm. Madison manager, this is not the thing that I wanted to see, but it feels like Cam Akers is going to be a part of this backfield moving forward. It's just figuring out how that workload is going to split. Stefania, let's talk on the other side of that, the running backs for the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) CMC, we came into the game thinking and expecting that he was going to play, but there was still some concern with that oblique. Just want to make sure he gets through it healthy. What did you see?
2: I have so many thoughts on this. Uh, because we we had a pretty good idea by the weekend that Christian McCaffrey was going to play, because we would heard about the fact that he had told Kyle Shanahan to keep the play calling with him in it. He planned to be there on Monday. We saw that he put in full practice on Saturday. Uh, by Monday morning, Adam Schefter was reporting he was definitely going to play. We, we had all these positive signs. So I felt like he was going to play and not be limited. I did not think he was going to play 53 of 53 offensive snaps and play the the. 100% of the game because that's already happened at one point this season where he did play 100%. Kyle Shanahan said, we know we cannot keep doing that. We have to protect Christian McCaffrey. So here's a guy coming in who's coming off an injury, who's then playing 100% of the snaps. However, 49ers, if you haven't noticed, don't do as well when they have to play from behind. Well, and when they are playing from up front, oh, it's great. We see Christian McCaffrey get out to a great start probably produces enough for your fantasy roster. And then he goes out and we get a combination. Elijah Mitchell hasn't been that healthy this year. Jordan Mason shined a little bit. So I thought we would get Christian McCaffrey... And then there would be some balancing with a rotation of maybe Mitchell and Mason.
0: That's what I thought too.
2: That never happened. No, Chris not. McCaffrey never left the field. And part of that is him and who he is as a player. And he wants to be out there. And I'm sure after he fumbled the ball and what could have potentially changed the way the game went before mm, yeah. Niners had scored first. Um, it just—I I, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to go home and, and think about that, too, because this, that's not a recipe for keeping him on the field all year long. When the Panthers did it, mm. I was critical of it then, yeah. so I'll be critical of it again. We know what he means to the offense, but you're going to lose him if he's playing that but much. But,
1: man, what a freaking cyborg. No. He's he absurd. Is, which oh, yeah. is why
2: the temptation is there yeah. in the first place, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, how can you resist when you see what he can do? His vision and his ability to navigate. You, you plug in four other guys, and out of five tries, the only one who makes some of those moves is McCaffrey. All so right. I, I get it. 24
1: touchdowns plus a touchdown pass in 21 games for CMC. As it's a Just absurd. Just um, breaking records um, so they records they, they have their week nine bye. Uh, they have their week nine bye. That's coming around the corner. I still right. myself. Christian McCaffrey I mean he's so far and above the rest of the running back so field beyond. it is absolutely ridiculous right now there are two thoughts from last night one which is Christian McCaffrey is ridiculous two is that we recently were wondering what is the name of a player who you don't know what you're going to get from him week in and week out you feel compelled to start him either because he plays tight end and he's pretty good, or he's a high upside player at a different position, often at wide receiver. We're just gonna call that player a 49er. Yes. Yeah, that's what they all are. Yes. They're all the same. Okay, in a night in which Debo Samuel's unavailable. Right? You would think. And you would also think going into the game, not during, you're like, Christian McCaffrey's banged up. Exactly. Maybe it's a George Kittle slash Brandon Ayuk or even both night. It was a fine night for George Kittle. Don't get me wrong. I mean, six catches, 78 yards. I'm sorry, five for 78. I can't read. Five for 78 for George Kittle last night. That is a reasonable night for a tight end. That's, that's actually pretty darn solid, right? Brandon Ayuk, five for 57 with no Debo Samuel. Yeah. So and, and I, I don't have a rhyme or reason behind when these guys play awesome or when they don't. I think that we have enough evidence that over the past – basically season, because Christian McCaffrey was traded for in the middle of last year, that like with CMC in the fold, you make a decision on every on every other player amongst the 49ers skill guys. You either invest in them or you don't. Mm-hmm. And when they're healthy, you play them. If they're not available, you let them rest comfortably on the bench.
2: Last night was such a weird aberration, though, to me, in the sense of like if you look at the total numbers, you see those and you're like, yeah, okay, so average for – Brandon Ayuk, who's been actually had a really good connection with Purdy and played, you know, this has been his best year, obviously, by far. Brandon Ayuk wasn't targeted in the second half. Like it was a tale of different halves. Yeah. And Juwan okay. Jennings, who I expected to have more of a role with Debo out, because you kind of thought he could be the guy who could go up and and get some big plays for them. And and it it didn't really pan out the way they wanted. I feel like the second half of the game was just not very Niner like because I too would have expected Brandon Ayuk to have better a bigger day. George Kittle could have had a touchdown, didn't like they. It, there was there were some things that kind of shaped that narrative and I agree with the premise that Field's saying, which is you don't know what you're gonna get week in and week out. They have the potential to be boom or bust. But I also Brandon Ayuk is probably the one player who I think last night was just really puzzling and probably could have ended up with a bigger stat line and I have to go back and watch the second half. Brandon Ayuk
0: had one one target in the second half. That's what I mean. It was weird. But also like, but this is kind of him though. Four games
1: this season, four out of six. So two-thirds of the game has been under 12 fantasy points. He's had two monster games, and then four, you're like, nah, whatever. But the script of last night was different.
2: That's all I'm saying. All right, so
1: we see it a little bit differently. My takeaway on the 49ers is that you commit to them or you don't, and they're so dang talented. And the offense on its best day can be as good as any in the NFL. And it's not necessarily dependent upon the opponent. So you sign up for the experience or you don't. I will, going forward, now refer to a player who I can't figure out what to do. Like, welcome to the 49ers, Mike Williams. (laughs) Welcome Ah. to the 49ers, Tyra Lockett. Welcome to the 49ers, all the players that actually play for the 49ers other than Christian McCaffrey. All right.
0: So with that closed out, are we ready to move on from Monday Night Football? Uh, Yeah. Let's talk about some injuries here. (laughs) Uh, Last (laughs) thing. I'll say this. Brock Purdy just looked. it, It was tough for him this week. After yeah. after two three two consecutive throws. weeks of having at least 20 fantasy points, it was the second time that he was under 13 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. He just didn't look as sharp as he had the couple of other weeks. So hopefully better days are ahead. You know, I think the reality with Brock Purdy is that the analysis surrounding Brock
1: Purdy should be somewhere in the middle of where it is this morning versus where it where was a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the performance, like I don't have like fantasy points over expected. Um, probably Mike would have that stat, <laughs> but it's like, Basically everything that could go right did go right for the first three to four, five weeks, yep. and then a lot of things that could go wrong have gone wrong over the past two. Like, Brock Purdy is a really, really solid starting quarterback who's like a solid, not really, really solid, but a solid fantasy quarterback as well, who has
0: like, I would say he's like somewhere between like quarterback 14 and 18 in a given week. I think that makes a lot of sense. That's sort of where you're at, and especially with the way that they utilize it this offense me, and Smith. like that. As well, a fantasy quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Last year's Geno Smith or this year's Geno Smith? Both. I mean, Geno, for
1: as great as he was last year, averaged like 18 fantasy points yeah. a game. That's not like Herculean, right? That's, it was way better than anything we could have expected. But that 18 fantasy is. points yeah. is like, yeah, like fringe starter.
0: Gosh, I don't feel good about that either. All right, let's move ahead and talk about some injuries here. <laughs> okay. Stefania, week seven. This is my big one. Uh-huh. It's mine too. Bijan Robinson. Mm. That was weird. Yeah, that whole thing was just weird. You, it like, was weird. was weird happened?
2: watching it as it unfolded. So basically, just to recap for people who didn't suffer through it in real time, it was uh, there was this collective asking around the room of why why is Bijan Robinson not touching the ball and then where is he? Uh, he only played a handful of snaps in the first half, and at halftime there was a report on the broadcast that he just didn't feel right and that maybe we wouldn't expect to see him much, if at all, in the second half. Hmm. We didn't see him in the second half until the final minute of the game when he randomly entered the field for one play where they were, they were. I won't go into what they were trying to do, but the bottom line is he entered briefly and then exited, which prompted a question to Arthur Smith, who later said, well, it was a situation where we wanted to use him and was nothing more than that. But it was more than that because here was a player who came into the Sunday game, not on the injury report at all, no reports of any illness or injury leading up to the game, and then mysteriously disappeared. And clearly he is their best offensive weapon at this clearly. point. Clearly, yes. So uh, basically what happens when something like that happens, and we later found out that uh, he had woken up not feeling well. Uh, it was Bijan John Robinson who, speaking with reporters, described the fact that he just didn't feel right Saturday night. He had a big headache on Sunday. He thought it would go away. Mm-hmm. It didn't. And uh, he said, Coach basically said, OK, you know, we're basically we're going to look out for you. Um And then he thought it would get better as the game went on and it really didn't. And uh, that was the limit of what we had as far as information from Bijan and from Arthur Smith. What I will tell you is that when a situation like this happens and a player appears to be either ill or injured, but there was no knowledge of it before people start asking questions. Now, if a player does not appear on the injury report uh, the league is going to look into it because if a player as of the Saturday report is healthy Um, And there is no injury. If the player at any time between that Saturday report and Sunday kickoff, there's a change in status. The team is obligated to file that update with the league. I did confirm that with a league source and also that the NFL is actively looking into this to get the information. One of the big questions that will come up is when did the player first report that the player was not feeling well because that all factors into the equation. Okay. So the information's being gathered, and once we find out, uh, we will update it. But in the meantime, the Falcons have indicated that they expect Bijan Robinson to be fine for week eight.
0: All right. So then there's not really a whole lot to ask about that. That's just like a really weird thing that I've, I can't wait for the updates. Yeah, we chalked it up to yesterday, just a fantasy trap. <laughs>
1: all right. What you going to do? What are you going to do? do? No one do? on the outside was in the wrong here. Right? No. You're not blaming the kid either. If Bajon's not feeling well, you shouldn't put yourself at further risk. So it just sucks. All right. Occupational hazard of being a fantasy football manager. Yeah. It's a tough one.
2: Yeah, but I think it's a legit question that fantasy managers were asking, which is why didn't we know? Why didn't oh, we know? and she... yeah. and so they should know that nobody knew mm-hmm. and this is part of why the NFL does injury reporting is so that everyone has the same information at the same time.
0: Stefania, Sunday night football, we watched the Eagles and the Dolphins. Part of that game was unfortunately Jalen Waddell looking like he was still dealing with some back issues there. What do you have on Jalen for us?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was pretty random as well. He appeared to be in a lot of pain. That was what was so concerning was uh, I think we we heard him. We saw him having trouble moving. He went into the medical tent and ended up going in the locker room um, with what We just heard described as a back injury. Maybe it was back spasms, a lot of pain. Um, But then he came back, and he ended up playing. He had four catches in the second half, and he has already said uh, that he feels good. I think solid was the word that he used, and he'll be back. You know, he's one of the guys I talked to at training camp because Tua had said that it was Waddle who had the best camp of anyone there, bar none. And uh, we talked about this, that he gets banged up, fairly often but yet doesn't miss time and he said you know he learned a lot at Alabama about mental toughness and playing through things if you could and so it it, did it surprise me that he showed back up in the second half Uh, a little bit based on how much pain he appeared to be in but not based on the way he usually does things yeah
0: that was what surprised me was just that he looked like he was in so much pain that I couldn't believe he was able to come back out and play but you know this is the powers of of modern medicine and how strong these NFL players are so uh, all right let's move ahead and talk about christian watson another wide receiver unfortunately went down with a knee injury at the very end of that game mm. against the broncos what do you yeah. have for us on christian well, watson
2: it's still a little bit of a mystery as well but this is a knee that he had surgery on as recently as last year he said all of his scans came back negative uh so the expectation right now is that it's not going to limit him but we'll see when practice reports start coming out just keep eye on it you know christian watson's obviously got an injury history uh with multiple hamstring injuries again this prior knee injury history there uh, that raises eyebrows. I mean, this is part, I think, what you're going to get when you have Christian Watson.
1: You know, I don't want to, we're at the point now, we're far enough into the season, we're almost halfway through, that like you can start to uh, discuss things like, could this be a lost year for a player? and between the injuries and the growing pains of this offense because of the quarterback transition, I just hope this doesn't end up being a throwaway wasted year for Christian Watson. Like, if he has to miss multiple weeks because of this injury and then isn't back until, like, week 11 or 12, and then it's like they don't find their groove offensively until week 14 or 15, you're like, what did you really get out of a player that we like, well, unless you were Daniel, like so much for fantasy purposes coming into this season? The Packers are at this odd crossroads right now, and this is, again, more of a maybe more of a real-life conversation than a fantasy conversation, but I just don't know what to make of Jordan Love, and if he is going to be their quarterback going into next year as well – barring dramatic improvement, that would alter materially my impact, my, my my outlook on these players. I mean, the entire offense scares nobody right now, which we were not expecting to be the case coming into the season. At least that, I wasn't.
0: That was just as much. This was not, I don't, I don't want to be like an anti-Christian Watson person, but like that was my concern was how is Jordan Love going to command this offense, understanding where Christian Watson makes his hay. That was that was the big thing coming yeah. in, and I hope Huge we both guard. do that. Christian yeah. Watson is able to come back and be healthy, and we can see him again this season. I'd rather have him back and yep. than feel like I won that argument. Like I want Christian Watson back out there because he's he's good. Uh, he's a good kid. Like I'm excited to be able of to course, see what he yeah, can do. Yeah, yeah, a totally. lot of talent. Stefania, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. <laughs> this one is, I'll tell you what. If the if the Cleveland is, Browns could just time have, got, have yeah. a quarterback yeah. that could be yeah, out man. there and be good, what what is the latest <laughs> on Deshaun?
2: So you have to look at what was going on coming into the game to appreciate where we are now, which is that Deshaun Watson had missed a couple of games after um, dealing with a shoulder contusion. It was originally called, more specifically, a bruise of his rotator cuff and felt like he was not able to drive the ball down the field. That was part of why he couldn't go. We talked about the fact that he had medical clearance to play, meaning structurally there was nothing to medically keep him from playing. But that functionally he felt like he couldn't perform at the position. He and Stavansky communicated that out. And over the course of a couple weeks, it became clear that when Deshaun Watson was going to be able to f- feel like he could throw the ball down the field, then he would be out there. So he practices last week, Mm -hmm. says he can make his throws, everybody feels good about it, and in he comes to the game. And that didn't last very long because Mm -hmm. he took a big hit that knocked him backwards. And I, just watching it in real time, I initially thought, wow, that hit went right to the same area where it could potentially aggravate that, that bruise of his shoulder. But then when his head hit the ground kind of snap back as is often a way that quarterbacks do suffer concussions, which is why they have that new quarterback specific helmet that has a lot of the padding on the rear side. His head hits the ground. He goes to the blue tent for a concussion screen. That was actually what he was checked for initially, uh, was cleared from that, but then did not return to the game. And so he had been given clearance to return, but you saw him moving his shoulder around a couple times later. Um, They said they were trying to protect him. So there was a little confusion about who – did he not want to go back in? Did the team really not want him to come back in? I don't know where the answer is, folks. He just did not come back. Uh, He remains the starting quarterback. Kevin Stefanski has said that's clear, but they want to make sure that he is not dealing with any further setbacks to this bruised shoulder. I think we're going to go through some of this again of how does it feel Hmm. when I throw – Do I feel comfortable going back out there? And, yeah, we're just going to have to follow along.
1: So a few thoughts here. Stefania can speak to the medical stuff. I can't. Also, I'm leaving. I'm, again, putting that back. That ball is in her court as it always is and deserves to be. Uh, When a player, though, of his caliber, if his stature within the organization has an injury, I think it's important for the player, the coach, the GM, whoever is going to speak about this injury publicly to have a plan. It feels like their plan has either gotten lost in translation or was ill-fated from the start. Messaging feels like it's been confusing, and I get it. It might make sense to you, a medical expert, when you hear, like, yeah, structurally, it's okay. You might understand the difference between it being structurally okay but also not feeling good enough to play. Daniel and I, you know, bozos with half a brain, are like, well, if the structure okay, why the heck aren't you playing, right? So I felt like the plan was, was not good here from the Browns uh, in terms of the messaging from the jump. But the other part here is that at what point, and maybe we're well past this point, do we just say, this guy might not be that good anymore? I'm ready to say I mean, it. it's like every time we turn, and I get it, there have been a couple of moments the Tennessee game, he was as good as we have seen him since he was a Texan. But it's like he comes back last week, and even prior to the injury, prior to the recurrence or the new injury, whatever this is right now, he looked terrible. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous like that maybe he's just not the same caliber of player anymore.
2: I think you're actually hitting on something that is part of – the medical conversation, too, because I don't think you can tease these out. I agree with you about the messaging because it sure sounded like the coach and the player were not on the same page initially. I would agree. And that was a problem. And then they sort of came together. And now we have this new situation. Deshaun Watson was having his best game, as you just referenced, since he was a Texan when he got hurt as I, I'm I'm not in his head, no, mm. nothing that goes on there, but I will say from treating athletes for years and years, having confidence. And, and if you've been off your game and all of a sudden you're really good and you think you've recaptured it and then you get hurt. If you think that injury is going to make you go back to how you looked before you were really good right before you got hurt, you're not going to want to go back mm. because, all of a sudden people are going to say, well, that was a fluke. Oh, see, this, maybe they're saying what you're saying right now, which is maybe he's just not that good anymore. And maybe it's true, but I think that confidence issue is definitely part of what is happening here. You wonder why, if he was cleared, why didn't he go back in the game? There's probably a voice in there saying, I I don't know if you can make the throws. I don't know if you can go back in. So it becomes, that is a bigger issue that they have to problem solve in real time to figure out, what are they going to do about a quarterback who's a you know potentially injured, b lacking confidence, and c not performing well? And that, that is not a good recipe for success.
0: Five years, 230 million guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, that that, that's yeah. not yeah, that away.
2: cloud is hanging over all of
0: it. How yeah. does that no, not, how, of fa- how does that not factor in too? If you're that player and you I, understand the expectation, I'm getting all this money no matter what, my gosh. It has just not looked. It's imagined. a very complicated,
1: tangled web. Yeah. Yes, I always sometimes when I think about fantasy in a really simple way, I think about a player, and I think about are you winning a championship because of this player or in spite of this player, mm. and the position that can really influence high scoring because they have the greatest chance to score a lot of points is quarterback. If I win a championship this year with Deshaun Watson as my quarterback. It's in spite of him, not because of That's how I feel. Totally. Week eight. Now, could the tides turn? Yeah, that's what fantasy football is, but I ain't counting on it.
2: If I would be so moved on from this situation, because I don't know that yep. it resolves itself for fantasy purposes, certainly.
0: No longer a clear-cut the the fantasy year. starter yeah. by any stretch. Yep. What about Jerome Ford, Stefania? That was another guy. Oh. He looked like an ankle injury. I saw the internet. Yeah. You know how internet Again, this is do. why you
2: want depth, depth at running back. But yeah, he, so Adam Schefter reported low-grade, high-ankle sprain. This can be true. Uh, again, grading of severity, mild, moderate, severe, grade one, two, three. Uh, whether it's a high ankle or a low ankle, all sprains, any part of the body, those are the grading system so uh, he did have the mechanism it appeared the way his foot got caught and got twisted rotated outwards so foot rotating out on the lower leg is the mechanism most commonly for a high ankle sprain but his foot was not completely planted in the ground which again that always helps because then your ankle is free to move so the chance that you incur significant damage is much less so that's what we mean by low grade high ankle sprain they're saying one to two weeks uh, Again, go back to these high ankle sprains and running backs. Yes, three point eight games is the average and that mixes severity. So a mild and a moderate and somewhere in the middle, you hit that, but one to two weeks still could be optimistic. We shall see.
0: Okay. We'll talk
2: about
1: Kareem Hunt in just a little bit. Yeah. The only weird thing about the Browns backfield is that on the same day in which we learned this information, they cut Dion Jackson. Strange. So that that probably signals to me that they don't feel like he's the answer. Right. Uh, we'll talk more about the names you need to know in that backfield in just a just little, a little bit. bit.
0: Yep. Stefania, we are also got news. Kyler Murray back in our news feed, where the clock has started ticking yeah. for yep. us to potentially see Kyler as a fantasy asset for us. What do you have for the latest on Kyler Murray? I,
2: I think that he's progressing. If this were any, if this weren't the situation of the Arizona Cardinals and their their situation as far as what their team looks like and what are they going to do with Kyler Murray. I I think we'd be just looking at this as this is pretty standard recovery from an ACL. And we thought that he would be ready around this time based on the fact that he had the injury so late last year and he had his surgery uh, a little bit after that he's now hitting about the mark where you would expect to see a player like him coming back. He is a mobile quarterback. We know that about him. So the demands for him to return to the position are more significant than the demands for a quarterback who is not a scrambler or a, somebody who's going to be on the receiving end of designed runs, sure. somebody who ha- is quick and agile. Those things are harder to recapture, uh, hence why he was not going to start the season on time. I never believed that. But I also always believe that the Cardinals would want to to get him back based on his healing progression, um, and then at least be able to see and/or show others that Kyler Murray is indeed healthy and fully recovered from an ACL. So the 21-day window has opened. Mm. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I think that. They're going to activate him, I believe, before that twenty-one day window is up.
0: Available in over seventy-five percent of leagues now would be the time if you have an open IR spot to grab him and throw him on the. Hey, man, if you got Deshaun Watson as your quarterback, just you can do say, any worse. We were just talking yeah. about
1: quarterback quandaries. Like you could, uh, to yeah. Daniel's point, you could do much worse than throwing a guy who at his apex is an amazing fantasy quarterback. Question marks would be obviously when he returns, and then as I mentioned, yes, yesterday. Does he actually run that much? Right, oh, we'll like see yeah. this year. we've we had- seen quarterbacks dramatically decrease their rushing utilization. Whether it's Dak Prescott, who's evolved from becoming from being a, a regular runner to not being one. Josh Allen barely runs the football compared to how he has in prior years. Joe Burrow, because of the calf, is barely running the football at all. Ha- Patrick Mahomes is the only one that's going up yeah. right now. And then Lamar Jackson is just doing Lamar Jackson. Well, Jared Goff Justin has been Fields, out there using his legs thing. a little bit yeah. this year. Speaking of Justin Fields. Speaking of Justin Fields. That was not <laughs> what I was thinking about when I mentioned Justin Fields, though. No, yeah. but Justin but, Fields. You, to find,
2: yeah, The segue, injury not yeah. to his legs part, yeah. it's to his
0: throwing part. Doubtful
2: for week eight. They still maintain it doesn't appear that he needs surgery at this time. It's really the question of you know uh, pain and grip strength with his thumb. I will say this. Uh, my concern would be not just does he get back, but if he has instability in that thumb, is it going to be problematic with the potential for dislocation again? Uh, Because, look, let's be honest, people are going to go for punching the ball, yep. trying to take it, you know, totally. hit his thumb. The risk of re-injury even after he does get back is there. So I'd be thinking about that if I was a fantasy manager.
0: So not using him in week eight. What about Rashawn Johnson? Is he going to be back for this Bears backfield?
2: Bears are making it sound like they think he'll be back this week. Now it's interesting because he did not practice at all. Still in the concussion protocol. And yet Matt Iberflu said he had a, just another hurdle to clear. I usually think of there being several when you haven't seen seen them at all in practice maybe he'll get through all of that this week um we shall see but uh it sounds like he'll be back in practice and at least making steps towards coming back in week eight
0: all right so then let's project this forward to our waiver wire conversation because field we didn't get a chance to talk about Deontay Foreman yesterday we ran out of time but when you look at what he did (laughs) in week seven he was incredible 89 rushing yards and two touchdowns, plus three receptions for another 31 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Yeah, A three-touchdown day for Deontay Foreman. By the way, this isn't the first time we saw this. He did this in Carolina last year. So my question is, <laughs> yeah. understanding he did this without Rashawn Johnson back there, in week eight, you've got no teams on a bye. So mm-hmm. the player pool is as deep as it has been, Yep. and he's about to have his backfield mate back. Yeah. I still think he is worth adding, But I don't think he's worth adding and thinking that you're going to get this kind of production for him here in week eight.
1: So if he's going to be he is going to be active on Sunday night against the Chargers, that much is for sure. Uh, But if Roshon Johnson is also active, it's a problem. As a matter of fact, Deontay Foreman's emergence this past week depressed the value of other Bears running backs when they're healthy. Because it reminded the Bears of why they <laughs> signed this guy in the first place. Like, oh, wait, he is good. Yep. Right? I mean, last year in the post-CMCC uh, Carolina era, he was excellent, obviously. He ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown in five games. Um, so he is, was good enough to uh, to prove that he deserves to be playing more. Obviously, there are some limitations in his game that make him less versatile than Roshon Johnson or Travis Homer, etc. Uh, if if Roshon Johnson does not clear... Fire him up, baby. Bad Chargers run defense. Good opportunity for Deontay Foreman to be a top 25-ish play, especially if he's going to get any kind of passing game utilization because last year he got none. Yeah. For four targets in Week 7, that number is super legit for Deontay Foreman. So he would be an add. He would only be a 16-team league consideration right. if Roshan Johnson's
0: back on, on Sunday as well. In part because with nobody else on by, it's just going to be so deep in that list that like he's not going to Feels crack my top five. He's a little better this week. Yes, I'm yeah. just
2: laughing because remember when uh, David Montgomery's gone, yep. yep, Khalil Herbert. Oh yes, clearly number one. Then they signed Deontay Foreman, and I was like, Deontay Foreman just had a career year in he's, Carolina. Yes, he, <laughs> he is definitely going to have a role in Chicago. He's keeps people nope, roll.
1: Yeah, happy for the kid. Not at for all. Sure.
0: And now all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at this. I forgot when we signed him, oh. he could do this for us. That's one of those things. I would not want to – Deontay Foreman – I'm happy for him. I mean, I wouldn't want to tackle almost anyone in the NFL, but he's like one of those guys that like, when he gets a full head of steam, I feel like I'm watching like corners and safeties make some business decisions sometimes on I mean, He how they ran like Derrick Henry he when did. he was Derrick yeah. Henry's fill-in with the Titans. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: Derrick Henry – like dollar store Derrick
0: Henry. It was very impressive. Very, yeah, very so impressive. So when
2: Khalil Herbert comes back healthy and Roshan Johnson's healthy and Deontay yeah. Foreman's still there. Have fun with Have that. Have
0: fun. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Rams backfield field. This was another one. We talked about yeah. it yesterday. Let's do two for one special. Yeah. Daryl Henderson and yeah. Royce Freeman. If you're adding one of them, yeah. which one do you want to add this week? Neither. I mean, I'm adding both of them. Like, I don't, okay. I don't prefer one to the other. Truthfully. Okay. Okay. Like, he,
1: he, right now, the differentiator, if you're like, yeah, like the case for Daryl Henderson, is like, well, you know, he, he had a catch. He had one catch. He had one. All right, so he had one. He had one, and Royce Freeman had zero. So uh, the reason why you'd lean towards Henderson is just that if you were to expect one of these two guys to consistently get two or three targets in a game, it would be Henderson. It would not be Royce Freeman. But Freeman acquitted himself pretty darn well. 12 carries, 66 yards. 18 carries for 61 yards for Henderson. So the the more efficient runner yeah, with the touchdown as well. So the more efficient runner was Royce Freeman. But uh, what we saw was basically both of them are going to play a lot. Yep. And when you have... Two running backs that are both going to play a lot with minimal passing game utilization, which became the case for Kyron Williams, by the way. Like he was winning because he was getting 27 rushes a game. Yeah. Then for this backfield, they're going to be, if, uh, unless they do something dramatic this week which won't happen uh, both of them are usable only in like 16 team leagues again yeah they're if i them. had to pick one it's henderson but he would be like rb29
0: on my board dallas cowboys have given up the third fewest points to fantasy running Good luck. backs yep. and i think the area where it was made clearest to us is the fact that this is just not a chris evans Chris Evans? That's Zach That's right. It, Zach Evans. Yeah. I I was was like Chris like, Evans is a wait, movie star. It, that actor. is no, 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 that the wrong one. So yeah. sorry about that. Yeah, yeah but that, that was the part that was made clear to us is that it's very obviously just these two guys in this backfield. Two in backfield. Uh, but
1: by the way, that could become two and a half or three because Miles Gaskin now has some practice reps. So again, I'm, I'm treading lightly with both of these players, even if I think both are addable because running backs are just in general hard to find
0: on the waiver wire. Given all of the things that we just talked about yep. with Deshaun Watson and that Browns offense. This is the one. Knowing mm-hmm. that There's no Jerome Ford. It looks like Kareem Hunt is going to have the clearest path to being a startable running back here in Week 8. How do you feel about Kareem Hunt?
1: Good, especially because of the fact that he gutted through this injury (laughs) this past week and seemingly played with minimal restriction. I mean, he had two rushing touchdowns, and right now it's Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong in the Cleveland Browns backfield, and we've seen Pierre Strong... We kind of know what he is now. He's he's a backup. He's a change pace. He's very fast, but not going to have a bunch of carries uh, in most weeks unless it's unusual circumstances. So we'll see whether the Browns add anybody else in the backfield this week. Just going to ask you if you thought that they're... I mean, I would have thought yes, but they also cut a guy yesterday in Deion Jackson. Maybe they just want to get Deion Jackson back to the practice squad and they'll elevate him at the end of the week or something like that. But um, Kareem Hunt, clear priority add this week. Of all the running backs that we have talked about so far, he's the one to me that has the most obvious path to being in your lineup for week eight he should be in your lineup for week eight and he should see somewhere between 12 and 18 opportunities
0: for the browns all right last running back to touch on before we move on ezekiel elliott zeke 11 (laughs) for 31 and a touchdown only 9.1 fantasy points it's tough for me to trust a running back not named Ramondre stevenson in this patriots offense but if zeke is going to be scoring touchdowns i guess that's where you're looking for him to be able to fill in for you just tough on week eight no teams on a bye. I don't think I would start him here this week.
1: Touchdown dependent 16 team league sort of desperation play only. All right.
0: So let's do this really quickly then. For week eight, yep. just for this week, yep. you're ordering the running backs. Yep. Kareem Hunt is number one. Yep. And then would you go Deontay Foreman or one of the Rams? Deontay
1: Foreman If Roshan Johnson sits is two. But,
0: but we won't know that by the time you're playing right. in So stuff right now
1: I'm going Kareem Hunt, Yep. Daryl Henderson, okay. Slash Royce Freeman. Yep. One of those guys. Yep.
0: Then Deontay
1: Foreman. Deontay Foreman. Then Zeke Elliott. Okay.
0: Easy. I'm not sure Zeke Elliott would even make my list. I mean, I understand why it's on the deep 505, yeah. deeper league. Yeah. If you're talking about that, uh, he, he's talk. been saw, like He's actually played pretty well yeah. this year. Um, and two weeks ago,
1: uh, he had an 80-yard touchdown called back. So he's actually like he has like the eye test has been fun, has been good to Zeke. It's just uh you know as you said it's Ramondre's backfield most primarily. So uh, he's bad, a
0: valuable that, insurance policy. That offense it's not just Ramondre's backfield. That offense is really tough. Like he's not in an offense that is out yeah, there. has some signs of life this past week, yeah. and uh, we'll I see mean, whether that had continues. They win.
2: What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay well I, i'll let you guys have all these, yeah. you know, shares these. No, yeah, yeah, no, we're right. not going crazy no yet. but
2: yeah. l- also running back most vulnerable position you could have a roster some of us do where you have three running backs who are currently down with injury so mm, yep. you know you might be looking okay. and You'll take points wherever you can get them. They don't have to be pretty, Daniel.
0: Well, that's fair. I'll tell you who is pretty, though, right now. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne has looked fantastic. This is the guy that I think if I'm grabbing someone from the Patriots that I would want to be able to grab off of waivers. He's looked good at the wide receiver spot field. Playing a lot more last week. Patriots kind of leaned heavily into him. And Pop Douglas, there's a
1: deep dynasty (laughs) name to keep on the radar. Pop Douglas, who looked awesome this past week, um, hasn't played all that much up until last week for the Patriots, but... Uh, for a team looking for playmakers, he is probably their most explosive. But Kendrick Bourne is going to be the most reliable amongst the wide receivers. Uh, the Patriots have been leaning on him more. And uh, we'll see if they can keep it rolling this week against Miami. Um, hey, they're going to have to throw a lot, right? Yeah, and you know what? This Patriots offense was really, really struggled for the first like six weeks. I believed coming into the season the Patriots offense would be sufficient. not Not dominant, but not terrible, right? If it's what I think it was coming into the season... Then Kendrick Bourne will hold value. Sure, I think if it can be a solid offense, I mean again sufficient solid, whatever word you want to choose. Like maybe not 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 the not a top three offense, but not a bottom three offense. I think they can be like Kendrick Bourne will hold value. Good football player, PPR friendly. Um, The Patriots just have to like finish drives more frequently for him to have the upside. But uh, in like a He should be added in fourteen and sixteen team leagues for sure. Maybe even twelve team leagues,
0: and he's usable in like fourteen or sixteen team leagues. I'm with you on that. The last two weeks, he's looked very nice. Nineteen point three fantasy points, sixteen point three fantasy points. Wow, yeah, to me, was that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is the guy that Mac Jones it looks like is looking at now. Taking on the Miami Dolphins here this week. Game script. I understand it hasn't always worked out this way, but game script. You just I plan on the Dolphins scoring thirty five points every single week and making the other team have to catch up as part of that. So. That's at least a part of that conversation. Field, there's a couple of rookie-wide receivers that we like off of this list, too. Yeah, Both Josh Downs and Rasheed Rice, two guys that have a lot of upside. We've seen both of them in recent weeks do some things. If you're prioritizing one over the other, is yep. there one that you like more than the other one? Ooh,
1: okay. So it's kind of what do you need? Uh, if you're looking for the player that might eventually develop into like a Cortland Sutton type player with like some touchdown upside, like not going to have a ton of 10 catch games, might have a handful of six catch games for like 75, 80 yards, it's Rasheed Rice. Yep. If you're looking for the guy that offers you like a pretty steady floor week in and week out, it's Josh Downs who both these guys looked apart, by the way, like both very much looked apart. Josh Downs is diminutive in size, but really good slot receiver. Had a huge play last week. Has consistently passed double-digit fantasy points over the past month. Yep. So he, uh, I think, is the high floor, maybe slightly lower ceiling. Um, Rasheed Rice has my attention, though. So uh, I love both players as ads right now. I think Rasheed Rice... uh, is probably more likely to be an add and stash. Josh Downs is like add and probably use sooner than later. I liked, I had uh, Josh Downs quite a bit higher in my weekly rankings than Mike's projections uh, for this upcoming week nine. He's got a real connection with Gardner Minshew, and that Colts team is funneling wide receiver targets to Michael Pittman and Josh Downs.
0: 13 or more fantasy points in four of five How games. How about that? That's pretty good. Hey, that's a guy that you could absolutely use within fantasy okay. football. I do love Rasheed Rice, though, and part of this is the idea, to me, the eye test when I look at this. I know that Patrick Mahomes is going to spread it out to who the defense is giving him looks to it's definitely getting there yeah but i do feel mm-hmm. like Rasheed rice is becoming one of those trusted guys for him travis kelsey is the clear cut number one totally i still feel like Rasheed rice is becoming that guy that is the number two wide receiver within this offense and as you get towards the second half of the season if you tell me that he can develop more chemistry with a guy that is the former mvp and we you expect these this chiefs team to go very deep into the playoffs i like him definitely like you said field as an add and stash at a minimum yep Um, So to tier those, by the way, it would go... I would rank them like this. Downs, Rice, Bourne. Okay. Okay. In spite of Kendrick Bourne, doing what he's done the last two weeks, he's also on, I think, an offense that is maybe a little harder. Most questions about that offense. offense. Exactly. Tight end. All right, one last piece for tight end. Maybe the most impactful waiver out of the week. Dalton Kincaid. We've been waiting. We've been waiting to see him be able to take a step in this offense and become that guy that is a trusted pass catcher for Josh Allen. We at least saw it in week seven, enough that it gives us hope to be able to add him here in week eight with how bad that tight end position well, and is. And Some Dawson Knox. To yeah, yeah,
2: Dawson Knox out with wrist surgery out indefinitely. And so they don't, they're they not going to have him and they don't have any idea exactly when they're going to get him back.
0: Which is fantastic for us not the Dawson Knox part. Okay. So, yeah. just careful how so we sorry. say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are excited as fantasy managers. If you have Dalton Kincaid, obviously we hope. Yeah, and Dawson Dalton Kincaid had, had
2: a concussion, so he missed a game. But it sounds like you know Sean McDermott saying they're finally like connecting. He and Josh Allen are so yeah. uh, that's good news for fantasy purposes, yeah. right? And
1: this, I, I, I am wondering if we are seeing a bit of how teams defend the Bills differently now, uh, with Josh Allen not running the football nearly as much. I think teams are going to say to themselves. We will concede you sort of like matriculating the football down the field, like a very Mm -hmm. methodical effort. If you want to go 10, 12 yards at a time and you can beat us, good for you. We don't want you to beat us over the top like they have so frequently in recent years. That, I think, opens the door for more Dalton kincaid opportunities, especially with Dawson Knox out. So um, I I truly like, depending on how your roster construction looks coming into this week, Kareem Hunt – Dalton Kincaid,
0: the two most valuable waiver wire ads in all of Fantasy this week. Yep, I'm with you on that. Did you see really quickly that Stephon Diggs said, hey guys, I do feel bad I when, see that. Yeah. when you're yeah. messing laser up the yeah. Yeah. Yep. fantasy. Yeah. We appreciate that. Fantasy-friendly Stefan Diggs. All right, we're going to talk about a player that is heating up. Yeah, we G8, are. But first. Home, auto, prize, sports
1: memorabilia, whatever you need to protect, Geico can help get you covered. And with the award-winning Geico mobile app, You can get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access. It's easy to go to Geico. It's easy to Geico. Go to geico.com
0: today. All right, Field Jates, and we are back. Now it is time for Heating Up, brought to you by Popeyes. I have one problem with this segment. Uh, What, we can't eat the food that's inside of these boxes? (laughs) We have, like, about 12 minutes left in the show, and I have about 10 seconds before lunch. feels like it should be done. Yeah, (laughs) I need some Cajun fries in my life. Field. I feel like Travis Kelsey is the guy that we need to be talking about here. This guy has been unreal. And I understand. Listen, it's the number one tight end football. Like, it's not like this is surprising. But there are still times where it's just like, holy cow, this guy is so good at
1: football. Yeah, still. But remember, he missed a game week one. He's still very far ahead of the rest of the field in (laughs) fantasy Yep. amongst tight ends. So to think that he is going to lap the tight end field (laughs) once again only further underscores why... He has drafted so much further ahead than every other tight end. Uh, The gap is not, right now, pacing to be quite as wide as it was last year when it was over 100 points, but it's like 88 points. If the current (laughs) points per game things hold up, and obviously guys can miss games and guys can get better or can perform worse, but he's just been unbelievable. I mean, the fact that he has 303 receiving yards over the past two games is just absurd, (laughs) and we've talked about this several times over. The Chiefs' schedule on paper does look like very favorable we'll see just how much they can take advantage of this denver defense this week they did not do a great job of that in week six right i can't believe they're playing already again i don't love that uh but yeah travis kelsey heating up um if if we did our maybe we will do this once more like the mid-season rest of season top 10 i think travis kelsey would be i gotta figure it's christian mccaffrey tyree kill in some order for one two then maybe we're talking about some combination of Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup, maybe Puka, Puka Nakula, yeah. Stephon I Diggs, like, yeah. yeah, That's kind of the, the breath that he is breathing right now. So Travis Kelsey, uh, in a game in which every Sunday something surprises us, nothing is more consistent and reliable than Travis
0: Kelsey in fantasy football. It's been unreal. I'm going to read this really quickly. Nine? catches 124 receiving yards on nine targets that was his bad game recently right this was against the Denver Broncos in which the Chiefs did not look good Travis Kelsey still looked plenty good (laughs) in that game three straight 20 point fantasy games my gosh the guy is unbelievable I think the Chiefs are starting to smell some blood right now in the AFC waters by the way oh you know with uh, them
1: sort of finding their way right Uh, the Ravens obviously look outstanding I don't believe they play each other this year but the rest of the division stinks the bills are now 4 and 3 a team that i think definitely deserves to be in the conversation for most talented but has to put it all together cincinnati who's 3 and 3 hasn't quite found the rhythm offensively and oh by the way their schedule is very interesting coming up including a trip to see your niners this mm-hmm. upcoming week mm-hmm. uh, that won't be easy um and i believe they play buffalo the week after that so uh, miami obviously miami you know very very explosive offensively if the chiefs win this week and then beat the Dolphins next week, eight and one going into their bye. Hey now, that they could just be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like run the <laughs> table. I'm you trying to do what my know. best, uh, uh-huh. cri- uh, my best, uh, Lee, uh, Lee Corso, <laughs> like just <laughs> right up here, baby. We
0: need to get some more helmets or hats for you to put on if <laughs> we're gonna just, do the, What a delight! The Lee Corso. This past
1: Saturday morning brought
0: me so much joy <laughs> seeing him put on the Brutus Buckeye <laughs> helmet. <laughs> so great. All right, I'm with you there on uh, Travis Kelsey. That was Heat Nut brought to you by Popeyes. We're going to close the Lunch book time, right? on week seven here yeah. in just a minute. But first, Field Jates, let me tell you about our friends over at Miller Lite. Okay, please do. Because no matter what team you're rooting for, there's only, there is one thing that we can all agree on. Football season brings us together. A connection like that deserves to be celebrated with a light beer. That's just as great, and at just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite is the only light beer you want to celebrate with all season long. Because with Miller Lite in your hand, football doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. From kickoff to the final whistle, you can't go wrong with the Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like a beer, guys? No point. It's only 96 (laughs) calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You can get that taste that you crave without all the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you can feel it in your heart. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. All right. Let's wrap up and close Thanks. out this show. Talking about a little bit field... You had said to me before the show, yep. I want to talk about Devontae Adams just a little bit. Yeah, So let's dive in here. What is it that you wanted to dive into with Devonte Adams? All right,
1: so I think there are some, and present company included, because I do have Devontae Adams in the War Room League, who are kind of hoping this past week it will be an absolute monster week, right from Devontae Adams. Well, for those that may have missed the very first drive from the Raiders, here's how it went. Their first four passes were completion to Devontae Adams, completion to Devontae Adams, <laughs> completion to Devontae Adams, incompletion to Devontae Adams. He ended up with just a total, just seven catches. It wasn't for a ton of yardage. But I do wonder if the tenor of this day feels a lot different if Devontae Adams does something that he does in his sleep 999 times out of 1,000, which is catch a wide-open touchdown. Yeah. He had a pass from Brian Hoyer. It was kind of like... a he had, kind of had to sort of look back, but you know, for someone like me, I'd probably never be able to catch it. But Devontae Adams does that all the time routinely. If he goes eight for 60 with a touchdown and ends up with 20 fantasy points, we're all sitting there saying, squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's we're it. all good, baby. You know, yep. Devontae Adams to the moon. Um, so I thought that that was like, – I thought that performance was maybe like better than the box score would indicate, even if in fantasy football – you don't care what the box score indicates. You, indicate you care what the box score is, mm-hmm. right? Like, you don't care how the fantasy points get there. You just care whether you get enough of them or not. Exactly. And I don't think that, I think the Raiders losing only reinforces what Devontae Adams' point was when he said, if we want to get to where we think we can be, it ain't happening without me being a dominant player. Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, and uh, you know, j- uh, yesterday, Josh McDaniels was noncommittal on it happening. Next week, um, it seems like there are some tea leaves that suggest it will be on Monday night against the Lions. We'll, we'll cross that bridge a little we'll bit later on there. in the week. Yep. Uh, but him being back is very, very important because while they weren't great offensively
0: with Jimmy G uh, before he got injured, they were bad this past week with Brian Hoar. I mean, yes, bad, dad, yeah. tough to watch. <laughs> yeah, yep. So I was going to say something, and I didn't want this to be, like, I, you know, jokes aside, over the last three weeks, Devontae Adams, 26.1 fantasy points. Jacoby Myers has fifty five. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Jacoby Myers think, has like, been the wide receiver. He's, awesome. yeah. he's been
1: it's it's one of the great values in all of fantasy yeah. this year. Great values. Like I have a hard time keeping him outside my top like thirteen, fourteen wideouts every single week. Yeah. The connection's real and just
0: a good at the game football player. Good at the game. Yeah. How much longer until we see this? Like I don't you know, is this one of those situations and I don't know really what you could get for Jacoby Myers, but like is this one of those situations where We're, if you think that Devontae Adams becomes the squeaky wheel and we start to see it that no. no. I think both. I think we've can, got. Yeah, this is like the Rams, yeah. the Colts, the Raiders. So who's the Not at man that out. level.
1: But what I'm saying is just like the targets amongst the wide receivers go to two guys, and it's just, just them. two.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Do you guys? Did you guys know that Hunter Renfro still plays for the Raiders? I
0: didn't
2: actually. I mean, no. it's, we talked about this coming into the season. Like, is it? Is he?
1: It, well, I keep reading reports that, like he might guy. be a trade candidate. I'm like, who would trade for Hunter Renfro with like an 11 million dollar salary right now?
0: I was pretty sure that Well, he somebody has, who would use
1: him. I, but I'm like you, you can't <laughs> like, you know, if you're going to you know, that would be trying to sell like 11 million dollars is like a big it, it, obviously it would not be it'd be the prorated amount of 11 right. million. But you're like, if you're a team elsewhere, you're like, oh, how
0: about you guys like eat some of that money and then we can talk because he has zero value to you. It feels like, and not as much, but it, it kind of feels like a Kenny Galladay situation here, where it's like this, the team signed oh. this guy to a contract that was real money, yeah, and then they just didn't use him after signing him to that real contract. Pretty wild. Yeah, I right? think
2: that is. Was, I think that's different though, because Kenny Galladay came with some injury baggage that was problematic when yeah. he got to New York, and I think that 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 all played out in an unpleasant sort of way. But I think Hunter Renfro to my knowledge is totally healthy he's just Has mia he you yeah. know what right?
0: he might just be having headaches before games is what Ooh. it is that's what it is
2: stop
1: oh. Oh, did you i have a fun fact sorry, for you guys did well, yeah. you know
0: kenny galladay is making four million bucks from the giants stop this
2: year Stop <laughs> i want a job yeah. like that i know <laughs> i need to get I want it. a I guaranteed need contract seriously i four like, million dollar guarantee yeah. to not i wouldn't work even for ask them. for that much
0: yeah i do it for three anyone, million
2: in case anyone's watching I'll give it to you for one.
0: All uh, right, one. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta drive a. Break. you can't you, drive that no, much of a bargain. No, you want? You you're Stefania freaking Stephane. bell.
1: Yeah. yeah. Two, two million minimum. <laughs> one gets me to the table.
0: That's right. Okay, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> one <laughs> gets you to the table. Three and a half closes the deal. We'll, two and a half we can negotiate. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I like go. the way that you, you negotiate. I have feel. two agents. With yeah. Me. I, I took a zero percent
1: commission. <laughs> that's I so just good. want some wine for whatever establishment <laughs> yeah. you go to.
2: Yeah. We We I'm not even a wine guy. Money and virtual ownership in a vineyard.
1: Ah, uh, all right. I'll just take a 30 rack. of Miller Lite would work for me. <laughs> that works. I'm with you on that one, Field. Yeah. Hey, quick shout
0: out. That'll last uh, me like three months, by the way. A 30 pack? Yeah, <laughs> my tolerance is like minuscule. Especially now as like a, a girl dad times two. You just don't have as much time for it as you used to. Dude, I take a sip of Miller Lite and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> You're like, hey, now. Yeah, I will make that trade for, you know, whoever. Who's the hey, most radioactive I know player in fantasy? That's, right that's exactly yeah, what yeah. it is.
1: If you're wondering how to get these done. Yeah.
0: Uh, do us a favor, guys. Call the Squirrel Report hotline. If you are watching the <laughs> YouTube screen, uh, yes. stream, you will see the phone number come up. 478-295-1648. It is a real number. 475. What did I say? 475. 295. You said
2: four seven eight. Oh, so for idiot. the folks who might be listening, listening our I want to make listeners. sure that they get the score report hotline number correct. One more time. It is.
0: Four seven five two nine five one six four oh, okay. eight. Make sure that you call in and leave your week eight lineup questions. We're gonna have a ton of fun with that in the score report this Let's week. Do it. Yeah. Can't wait. All right. That's gonna close it out for Tuesday's show. We <laughs> love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind <laughs> to yourself. Get your waiver claims in. Don't fall asleep before you put in your waiver claims, oh, guys. Yeah. I'm doing that like right crazy. now. You could Use that line. Oh yeah, Mike said I wasn't allowed. Mike's not here. He doesn't. He doesn't listen to the show, anyways. We love you guys. We'll Ooh, see you tomorrow. Mike. <laughs> Mike, who? Good luck with waivers. Like Mike. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart. She's always there to the lend.
2: Her fantasy knowledge is just the start. Her skills are highly
0: in demand. She's our Bay Area lady out there hustling for us. With
2: advice that we really trust. She's our Bay Area lady always there to help she's not a coon. she's your favorite gal she's the find you
1: two guys drove to work neither guy wore a seatbelt one guy got a ticket one guy didn't the same two guys drove home one guy wore a seatbelt